Happy New Year, everybody. Tell somebody sitting around you, Happy New Year, if you haven't done that yet. Yeah, greet them. First time we've been together as a church, 2020. Claire sends her love. She's still on the mend. Not here today, but it's her birthday. So, yeah. Can we say happy birthday together? Ready? One, two, three. Happy birthday. Yeah, she will get me for that. Anyway, she's not here, so we can do things that uh, we wouldn't normally do, so it's going to get even more fun, I think. She is on the mend. She's doing a lot better, but still needing some rest and uh, really paying attention to just uh, taking care of her health and making sure that she's really energized for the amazing things God has for her for 2020. And with that, let's stand because I want to pray for her, but I want to pray for all of us because this morning we're going to talk about 2020 faith. And faith uh, that is just a thought is really nothing. Faith becomes faith when it's engaged, when we activate it somehow. So what I want to do, even starting out this talk as we pray for Claire and we pray for other needs in the room, is there are needs that you are aware of that you have, family members have, uh, might be needs in your body, might be physical healing needs, uh, might be financial issues that you have, uh, might be relational issues, whatever it is, I want you to, you don't have to do this, but if, if you're comfortable with this, I want you to take some kind of step of faith Uh, some kind of action with your physical being to kind of represent what you're praying for. So in other words, if you're praying about finances, just uh, put your hand on your wallet or something like that. Does it make sense? If it's a physical thing, you might be praying for a friend uh, uh, or yourself, put your hand uh, on that part of your body if that's if that's okay. And then um, also, if it's relational, for instance, maybe put your hand on your heart. Does it sound good? So God, we come to you right now, and we know that you are such an amazing God. And we rely not on ourselves in any way, shape, or form when it comes to receiving your goodness in our lives. All we do is open ourselves up to your power opening ourselves up to the power of your spirit, opening up ourselves to your anointing. So God, right now, we do pray for Claire, but we pray for everyone in the room and all of the different needs that are represented. There's some in this room, God, that need comfort, for instance, today, because they are in the midst of mourning. They're grieving. Pray for supernatural comfort. Even as Jaquiel says, uh, you meet us in our place of needing comfort when we mourn in our place of grief. We pray for physical needs. We pray for miracles to happen, release of breakthrough for physical healings, things that have been strongholds. And I pray, God, for needs that uh, we're not even aware of in this room. There are things that are going on that no doctor has been able to diagnose, that uh, no one has been able to see, but they're going on in our bodies. We break the power of the enemy trying to come against us. We pray for a release of prosperity in your people. God, we pray, Father, that uh, out of a spirit of generosity, because you are such a generous God, that you would release anointing for uh, increase, that there would be promotions that would come upon your people, and that there would be ways that seem blocked that now become ways open and forward. As we enter into 2020, we pray for miracles, God, things beyond what has been hoped for, things invisible but tangible in the spirit. We apprehend those things today. 
And we give you thanks, God. We give you thanks, Father, for uh, healing and restoring of broken relationships. And some of those relationships, God, uh, have... uh, have really come into focus over the holidays. It became even more painful, some of these situations. We pray, God, that you would work wonders there, that as we head into this new year, that you would do in us what needs to be done, that you would do in our friends and our family members and the people that we love, uh, where there's brokenness and there's need of mending and forgiveness, whatever it might be, God, give us the grace and the power and the provision for that. And as we enter into this year together as a congregation, we give you thanks because we enter into a year knowing that you're a generous God. And we position ourselves for really the most remarkable year we have ever experienced together. And we ask all of these things in the powerful name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen, amen. God bless you guys. Let's go ahead and sit down. So I want to talk to you for a couple of minutes about uh, 2020 faith in Colossians chapter 2. Let's read this together, all right? I think we're just going to read 6 and 7 for now. Let's just read 6 and 7. Full voice, everyone. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. And forget what I said earlier, let's read the rest of it. <laughs> Beware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, world and not according to Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him, who is the head of all principality and power. Now let's go back to six and seven. I'm gonna read it by myself this time. As you therefore have received Christ, the Lord, so walk in him. So the way we receive Christ is by faith. So what Paul is saying here is, as you have received Christ, the Lord, you've received him by faith, so walk in him. So what Paul's saying is, I want you to walk in faith rooted in faith, built up in him. So he directs where the faith goes and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. So Father, let this word come alive to all of us today. In Hebrews 11.1, we talked about it earlier that faith is the substance of things that we hope for. It's the evidence of things that are not seen. So I believe that 2020 for all of us becomes this space, a year of apprehending things that we have not yet seen. You do realize that if we want to be people of faith, that what the invitation is is to things that, we, that, that are tangible. There's a substance to it. God already has it in store for us, but we have to apprehend it. Things not seen that will be seen. By the end of this year, I promise you, you will see things happen in your life and in other people's lives through faith that's already set aside for you and I that we are to apprehend. So 2020 becomes a year of apprehending things by faith. So when it comes to talking about faith, most faith conversations, and rightfully so, center around the fruit of faith. 
like what does faith do for us? And rightfully so that, it, it, that it's talked about because that's an important thing to inspire us. But for faith to produce fruit, what Paul is saying here is there's a few things that you lay as groundwork in your faith and faith, how many know that fruit doesn't just like appear, fruit is grown or it comes into, uh, it comes into fruition because something has been put in place in order for it to come to pass, right? So the first thing that we see here is that faith, uh, for faith to produce fruit, it must first be rooted and grounded. Everybody say rooted and grounded. So our faith is rooted and grounded. Now Paul says it's rooted and grounded where? It's rooted and grounded in Jesus, in the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That's what Paul says. Our faith is not in other things. My faith, in order for what Paul's talking about here is for your faith to be activated, to bring fruit for the kingdom of God and to see fruit in your own life in a, in a, a kingdom of God way, it is connected to the Godhead. It's connected to Jesus. It is in him. It's not in the power, for instance, of humanity. It's not in your power. It's not in your strength. It's not in your goodness. Faith, to be rooted and grounded, needs to be rooted and grounded in Jesus. So the first thing is, my faith needs to be rooted and grounded in Jesus. So as we enter into the year, we want our faith to be directed to Jesus. Now, I'm not saying that the power of humanity and agreement and people being forgiving isn't a powerful, beautiful thing. But what Paul's saying and what I'm saying is, I am not relying, for instance, on ecumenicalism or uh, an agreement of world religions in order for God's kingdom to come. That is not what I'm banking on. In order for God's kingdom to come in my physical body, in my life, I'm not, I'm not counting on any of that other stuff that the world has to offer. What I'm counting on is Jesus. Everyone say Jesus. Jesus is where we send our faith. It's where we direct our faith. It's rooted. It's grounded in Jesus. It's directed. It's not directed at the universe it's directed at the creator of the universe. You, do you understand what I'm saying? I'm all for some of these things. Listen, Claire and I sit in rooms all the time with people from all sorts of backgrounds, all sorts of belief systems, all sorts of world religions, and we're working on different things like the ending of human trafficking or whatever, but we are sitting there as people whose faith is directed in Jesus Christ because it's Jesus that can make a difference as far as we're concerned and as far as Paul's concerned in those situations. It's starting to make sense. So I can sit, I'm all for it. I love it. I love it. I love, I love the fact that our country is so kind of uh, embracing of some of this, uh, just uh, being able to sit in a room together. We should be able to sit in a room. It's like Paul uh, in the book of Acts where he's in Athens and he's sitting with all these different belief systems in the midst of it. And he begins to minister, but it's because his faith is directed to Jesus. Now, this word grounded or this, this word grounded that Paul uses and Jesus uses this really primarily over and over and over again because this is an, agri an agrarian culture. In other words, this is an, uh, a, a culture that understands agriculture. And Paul here uses this term grounded because it's an agriculture term. Jesus uses agricultural terms. 
It's, agriculture simply means uh, is land. Agra means land or field. Culture means to be cultivated, cultivated growing. So what, what he's saying here is you need to be grounded in something specific. So this is all this means. To be grounded means to be grounded in a specific way. So in an agricultural way, we all know, even if we're not farmers, we know it doesn't take anything It doesn't take any intention for a piece of land to bear weeds, right? Weeds just happen, don't they? It's like the devil. The devil just shows up. You don't need to help the devil. The devil just shows up. The weeds just show up. But what Paul's saying here is be careful to ground yourself, to root yourself properly. Because if you root yourself and you ground yourself properly, if you direct your faith in the things that really matter and that remain, the fruit will be good. So it requires, at the same time, there's this sense, when he says to root yourself and ground yourself, is there's this sense that you are to cultivate. See, faith and fruit from our faith doesn't come automatic like weeds. We don't just drift into seeing things happen. Now, God does things supernaturally in your life and mine, but When it comes to our faith, it's to be grown and grounded and rooted and cultivated. It takes some effort. See, faith isn't just contagious. You may be sitting next to the most powerful person of faith in this room, but you don't automatically become a person of more faith because you're sitting next to that person. And the good news is you may be sitting next to the person with the least amount of faith in this room, and you're not going to lose any faith because you're sitting next to them. Faith is not contagious. Faith is inspirational. You can watch a person of faith, and that can inspire you, but that is different than contagious. Trust me, we've been trying to make sure there's not a lot of contagious stuff going on around our house because a lot of people have been sick and we're doing wipes and all this other stuff. You know what I mean? I'm licking the dog because I find I've done this research. <laughs> like if you, if you get enough germs from the dog, the other stuff doesn't happen. <laughs> I, I really don't lick the dog. I don't... <laughs> Our, our three-year-old granddaughter, uh, she, uh, she, uh, she calls our, our, our dog, the dog's name is Sky. It's Sky Liquor. Sky Liquor. Yeah. So I started calling her Liquor McGee. So our three-year-old can't say McGee, so she says Liquor Gee. Liquor Gee. Anyway, I lick Liquor Gee and we're all set. I've been feeling great. But it doesn't matter who I sit by, and it isn't environmentally automatic, right? Like, we know that. You know that. You don't go, we've all heard the joke, you know, you don't go to McDonald's and become a hamburger just because you're at McDonald's. You don't become a person of great faith just by sitting here. You have to engage what's happening. You don't become a strong person of faith by sitting in a faith environment. The, The environment doesn't automatically bring faith increase. You take in something of substance, and you let it process in your life. You do the work. Now, faith is also not optional. The scripture tells us that faith, because some of us might think, well, I, you know, I'll do faith every once in a while. I'll stop in at church every once in a while. I'll stop into these things that can help me be inspired in faith. But understand that faith is not an option the way that God sees it. The scripture says that without faith, it's impossible for us to please God. 
It's not really optional. This isn't like, this isn't like a la carte Christianity and we say, well, I want to be a person of faith occasionally and sometimes I don't want it. What the invitation is is that we would be people that live faith. Faith isn't wishful thinking, right? Some of you might have watched It's a Wonderful Life over this Christmas season, New Year's season, you know, where George Bailey goes in and he grabs that thing. He says, wish I had a million dollars. And it lights up and he goes, hot dog. That's wishful thinking. This is not that, right? When you buy a lottery ticket, that's wishful thinking. Faith is not wishful thinking. It's not like a slot machine. Faith is something that we are grounded in the fact that Jesus has done miraculous things over and over and over and over. History is full of it. Today is full of the wondrous acts of God. The fact that you and I got up to the world, that we have gotten up and we took in breath, is the fact that Jesus is a promise keeper, that we can take faith in the fact that God is for us and not against us. And that's what we rely on. That's not wishful thinking. That's the reality. Jesus is for you. Dallas Willard says it this way. He says, faith is grounded in reality. Not a wild, desperate leap. Grounded in the reality, the reality of things like our testimony, the reality of others' testimony, the reality of things we have already seen and experienced, the stories we have heard, the actualities that we've lived, and the miracles that we live into on this day. That's why things like the, uh, that's why things like the um, creeds are so powerful. You know why they're so powerful? Because they're just reminders the reminders of the realities of God, that we can be grounded in the fact, for instance, that there was a resurrection, that Jesus resurrected from the dead. That's a historical fact. That's a reality that you can trust and count on, and that affects your life and your faith life. See, I believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's why the Apostle Creed, the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, that's why they make these profound statements is just to get us more centered in our faith, grounded in the reality that we can believe in the work of the church when Jesus said the gates of hell will not prevail against the church as much as it can be looking messed up at times. The church across the world will continue to go forward no matter how bad things can look. That we can believe in the community and the faith of saints coming together and making a difference on earth. We can trust in the fact that there is forgiveness of our sins and there's life everlasting. We can rest in the fact that Jesus is a healing God. He's a comforter, a deliverer, a provider, a restorer. He's a shepherd for our soul. Jesus is just, and he brings justice. Jesus brings peace and calm storms. All of those things and so much more. We can be grounded in that. And as the storms and the craziness of the world and things come our way, we can be grounded in our faith. Jesus is for you. Jesus is for me. Jesus is with us. The second thing that Paul points out here is that we need to be built up in our faith in order for our faith to bring fruit. We need to be built up. How do we build, up, build ourselves up in our faith? That's a good question. I think a good question for us is what are we doing or intending to do to build up our faith? 
So not only how do I build up my faith, then once I know that, what am I intending on doing to build up my faith? To build up my faith, I work my faith. You work your faith. That's how you build it up. It's like a muscle. You work those things. You, you, you work with weights. You exercise. You, you bring tension to your body to work your faith, and it brings increase. You don't wait for somebody else to use their faith and then hope that your faith will increase. You work your faith. Several weeks ago, a couple months ago, Claire and I felt really invited a situation that we were aware of that needed uh, significant, significant assistance. And Claire and I made a significant commitment. We prayed. We felt like God was inviting us to this huge step of faith. You ever, you ever take a step of faith and it's like right after you took it, it's like that's uncomfortable, but I know, I know that's what I'm invited to, Right? And then maybe through the whole process, because in this instance for us, it was something that was going to last for a while, right? This commitment that we had made. And, you know, anyway, so we're, we're going through this. And in the process of, of being inv- invited, we're, we're feeling this as an invitation to build our faith. Because it doesn't matter how long you've been doing this journey. It doesn't matter who you are. We are all invited over and over. I would say if you're too comfortable, that your invitations never make you uncomfortable, the invitations from God, you're probably not listening to everything. So we took up the invitation and we started participating in it. Well, in the meantime, some miraculous things started to happen. So that the... the, the, commitment that we made was like overwhelmed by some other things in a good way. It was awesome. It was beautiful. It was wonderful. And Claire and I, on the end of it, we said, isn't it amazing how God, the timing really is everything. That if all of those things that fell into place would have fallen into place before we decided to work our faith, we probably wouldn't have done it. But we felt the invitation to work our faith. See, and this is what happens to some of us is we're counting on other people to work their faith. The invitation is for them. I'll just kind of be swept up in it. But the invitation to work our faith is for all of us. I'm grateful that we get to work our faith. See, faith only works when we work it. It only works when we employ it, when we engage it. It's not just enough to have faith as a theory. It's not just enough. It's not just enough to say, yes, I believe that God does miracles. But then never do things like lay hands on the sick or ourself or believe for God to do something. It's not just enough to believe that Jesus is a savior, but never accept a savior. It's not just enough to believe that God restores but then never do practical things to engage our faith to see restoration in our own life. It's not enough, for instance, to say God is a provider and then decide I'm not going to work because God is a provider, unless God tells you to not go to work. I haven't heard that one yet. But anyway, it's not enough just to think that God is a comforter, but then to never give God space to comfort us. See, the scripture says, here it is, this is where the rubber meets the road. The scripture says the demons believe. See, the demons have faith. 
but they cannot engage that faith like we're talking about here. Because for them to engage faith would be to recant where they come from, right? The demons believe, they have faith, and they tremble. I remember this was my story in my early life leading up to when I gave my life to Christ. Anybody could have asked me any of those questions and did. Scott, do you believe God's a healer? Can Jesus heal you? Yes. I even received healings. Physical manifestations of God's power in my own life. If somebody would ask me, do I believe? Yes. Was I engaging my faith? No. The story of my coming to Christ was never about did I believe in Jesus when I was a young person, even much younger than when I gave my life to Christ. I believed. But there comes this place where you got to engage your faith. If you never repent of your sins and never say, Jesus, come into my life, you just have a belief that's kind of a theory. The demons believe that. And then there came that day where I realized, you know what, it's time for me to step up and engage my faith. That faith takes employment. I got to work this thing. I do believe you're a healer, Jesus. I do believe you are, you are everlasting life. I do believe that you are forgiver of sins. I do believe that you are the savior of the world and the savior of my life. And I accept that into my life. Yes, not only I believe, but I accept and employ. We build it up through practice, right? Employment is about practice. Engaging things is about practice. Moving into this next year, how is your plan to engage your faith or to build your faith? Some great thoughts might be a good friend of ours uh, on the other side of the country, a pastor. He came up with this great idea, Claire, and I thought, just 20 minutes a day or 20 minutes or 20, since it's 2020, come up with 20 different things, 20 different uh, ideas, or maybe one of these resonates with you. Things, these are the things he brought out. 20 minutes a day with prayer and scripture, perhaps. Maybe that would be a place of engaging our faith and building our faith if that's not been you. Maybe something like 20 days of fasting throughout the year, of going without something for 20 days over the calendar year, or 20 days of scheduled volunteer opportunities, just which really isn't even 20 days, right? Just 20 opportunities, say, to help with the children's ministry or to usher or to you know help with the sound system or help with whatever needs to be helped around here. Just 20 different instances is planned over the day. That will build your faith and mine. Perhaps 20 times you'll go to a small group gathering or some additional gathering. 20 weeks of tithing. 20 weeks of saying, I won't even try to do the whole year. I've never been able to do a week, but I'm going to commit to 20, 20 uh, weeks of tithing throughout the year. And then I'm going to see what God does in my life. Or perhaps 20 conversations with 20 different people or 20 connections to the unsaved people around you to share the gospel. So many different ways for us to build up our faith and to engage it. Building up our faith as we do that is like climbing this amazing tree and we get to this place of fruitfulness. And we get to enjoy the goodness of what's available, which brings this last piece, and I love this piece. See, Paul uses in in Colossians here, he uses this term that says established through faith. So we're to be rooted through faith, built up through faith, and established through faith. 
To be established means to set up on a firm or permanent basis. I like the word endure a little bit more. To have an enduring faith. Oh, how I want to have an enduring faith. Look at this scripture in 1 Corinthians 15. So now, beloved ones, stand firm and secure. Live your lives with an unshakable confidence. We know that we prosper and excel in every season by serving the Lord because we are assured that our union with the Lord makes our labor productive with fruit that endures. Everyone say endure. I love that word endure. James 1 says this, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect, complete, needing nothing. Thank God for endurance, amen? I want to have an enduring faith. I don't want to have a faith that just lasts for another month or two. I want a faith that endures through 2020, that endures into the future that God has for me. I want you to have the kind of faith that endures through seasons in life, no matter what they bring. Thank God for endurance. Thank God for enduring, that lasting. I thank God that my wife has an endurance. We've been married almost 40 years. Those of you that have been married a long time, it's like, you know, things were different early on. And I thank God that Claire's had enduring faith in her love for me, that no matter how much gravity takes effect, perhaps, of life, and things start to shift around, not just physically, but other things, it's like... You know, I I thank God for endurance. Don't you thank God for endurance? Yeah, like, you know, some of you know, like early on, some of you are not old enough, and you know this will never happen in your life, so forget about it. But some of us that are older recognize this. Like, you remember when he was just, you were just first married to him. He had ripples and things that were strong and firm. He was, he was cool. He had a six-pack. When he got into the shower, you thought, there goes my Maserati for the car wash. And he would come out, be all excited. Now he goes in for a shower. You're like, man, the six-pack has turned into a keg. And it's no longer a Maserati. It is an 18-wheeler going into the truck wash. Thank God for enduring love and faith, right? I want to have enduring love and faith. But here's the thing, as time goes on, there's other things that are gained that are much more important than what gravity cannot affect. I love the fact that I can finish my wife's sentence, especially when she wants to talk to me. I love the fact that we are so in tune with one another in a way that has taken almost 40 years. Thank God for enduring faith. I wonder about when it comes to enduring faith, I wonder, you know, I think about the saints of old. I think about the journey. One of the reasons why I'm so inspired by the stories, even the stories that go on around the world today of persecution and inspired by the people, the faith of the people to endure, to have endurance, to have this staying power. I wonder, like, sometimes I think about, like, our culture, and I think, what's it going to be like in heaven, like being around the campfire with the Apostle Paul and, 
you know, the apostle John and Peter and these different people, you know, Mary and uh, watch it, listening to their stories. And they start to talk about this thing called endurance. And they talk, Paul perhaps starts to talk about stories of, yeah, we were thrown in pits of snakes and we were flayed. We were skinned alive. We were burned at the stake. Yeah. Peter over there, he was crucified upside down. But we endured, our faith endured, and then some of us will be sitting at the fire and we'll be saying, well, it was hard for me to endure because they didn't have a slide in the children's ministry for my kids. <laughs> like, what is that going to be like? Like, they didn't have valet parking. So I didn't want my faith to endure. I got tired of that. I just decided that no longer would I engage and endure. I was going to do this in a place that was a little more comfortable. I want a faith that endures. I don't want my faith to intentionally go through hardship, but I want it to endure hardship. How about you? I want my faith to no matter what the day brings is ready for whatever the day is going to bring because I know God is with me, that God is for me, that God is never against me and God is going to get me through in a way that never intends harm in my life, in your life, right? So I'll just bring it together with this. Claire and I have a friend of ours um, who we really love, and we've known her for decades. And, oh, I guess it was for about 20 years she was pastoring. She and her husband were pastoring. They went through some horrible stuff after about 20 years, just horrific stuff in their family. And um, anyway, not too long ago, a while back, we we were spending some time with her. Hadn't seen her in several years. And um, she and her husband are no longer together. Um, her faith is, is essentially non-existent when it comes to her faith in Jesus. I mean, she would say she believes in Jesus. She has, she has a theory about Jesus. But her words are, my faith has evolved. And I used to do the Christian thing. Now, understand something. I believe that our faith, whether you want to use the word evolve or grow or develop, whatever word you want to use, I do believe that our faith should be growing. I think that there's things that my faith has kind of uh, grown in over the last 40 years, but I have an enduring faith in Jesus. You understand? They are not the same thing. To have an enduring faith means I can go through the growth pains that come no matter what season of my life is coming. I can be perfect and complete, as James says, and developed, needing nothing. Our friend had had said to us, I've been there and I've done that Christian thing. Now I have evolved. See, What happens to us is when trouble comes, this is such a vital part of our faith, endurance. I want you to endure. I want you to persist in your faith. There is a real move going on in our country where there's a lot of people that are saying, especially a lot of young people are saying, I did that Christian thing, been there, done that, got the t-shirt, but now I've moved beyond. And I will tell you that that is walking away from the centrality of what Jesus wants for your life and mine. 
See, we need an enduring faith, not a faith that can't stand the test of time. We don't just need new school thoughts and new school understandings without bringing in the old school core of our belief that Jesus, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are central, they're central in what we believe and what we rely on. It is the fact that Jesus went to a cross and died for you and I, uh, was buried, and after three days resurrected from the dead and lives eternally and invites all of us to that opportunity. To have an enduring faith. I want to have the kind of faith that as decades go by, it's just looking more comfortable being with Jesus. I can finish some of the sentences that he's starting. I want an enduring faith, not a faith that evolves to the point that I fall out of faith. I want a faith that holds to the anchor of my soul. So why don't we all stand as we head into 2020. I want to pray and then bless you all. But I want to pray for three things for us. I want to pray that we would have an enduring faith. That we would have a faith that is built up. And that we would have a faith that is grounded. And that we would all walk into the totality of what God has for us. Jesus has for us this year. So Father, right now, I know that there's some friends of mine that need to hear an encouraging word around enduring faith. I pray for strength and persistence for all of us and enduring faith. That in the eyes of everything the world can throw at us, in the midst of turmoil and chaos that could come in any life, can just come to the world and become discouraging to us. God, we pray we would endure. Give us the strength to endure. Give us all that we need for that. We receive faith for enduring right now. That at the end of 2020, we're going to say, we, we had a faith that just got stronger as the year went out. 2020 is going to be a year of enduring faith. If you believe that for yourself, raise your hand up. Just raise your hand up. And God, we pray for a faith that is built, that will be built. Give us some intentional invitations that we can embrace over this next 12 months, that out of that embracing, our faith would be built, that it would be increased, that it would be our testimony, the word of our testimony would increase, that we'd be encouraged by the things that we're seeing in our lives, that we would draw out of the old things that you've already done in us and through us and we've seen, that we would pull that into this year and celebrate those things and hold to those things, and then we would go forth with new story, new testimony new wonderings and goodnesses that we would all experience. Let our faith be built up. If you want your faith to be built and increase this year, raise your hand. God, we receive it. We receive a built up faith this year. We open ourselves to it. And God, we pray you'd help us stay grounded. You'd help us stay firm and rooted and grounded in what is good and right in the fact that Jesus is Lord of all 
that Jesus represents the fullness of the Godhead bodily, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are alive and well, center of the universe, center of our lives, and we open ourselves up to the grounding of God in our lives. We do believe in the resurrection of the dead. We do believe that Jesus has made a way for us all to have eternal life and forgiveness. We do believe that God, you are a healer. We receive all of those things. We do believe you're a restorer of relationships. So we pray that you'd help us be grounded and rooted in our faith this year. If you believe that and you want that, you raise your hand. So God, you've seen every hand. You've seen some hands be raised three times. So I bless my friends. I bless 2020 and God, let there be a significant shifting in each one of us and in this congregation. Let us go forward in power, God. Let the stories of your power and your love for us begin afresh now. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Be blessed, guys. Be blessed. Have a great 2020. People say the time will heal, but you know they just don't so good He's never failed you and He said He never